True Crime Broads with Crystal and Renee. Hello, welcome to True Crime Broads. This is Crystal. And Renee. And we are so excited tonight. We have a fantastic guest. Her name is Christy Stout. Most of you know she is Brandon Beaver's sister, and she was also really close to Missy. They were like friends, so um, not just sisters-in-law. So we had a really nice, intimate discussion with her, and that's coming up next. But before we get started, we were going to go over a couple things. Renee? We are wanting to remind everybody that the billboard is coming up due. We uh, want to thank everybody that has contributed thus far. Um, everybody has been so supportive of the billboard. Uh, we've got it covered for January, of course, and now we're looking to get uh, February started. So if you are able to donate any amount of money, please let us know. If anybody has any questions on why we changed it from GoFundMe, GoFundMe takes a big percentage of the money that is sent. So last time we ended up being short, uh, well, the very first time we did it because we, everybody sent through GoFundMe. So I take a portion of it. So we decided to do it a little different this time since we were kind of in a crunch and have everybody send it to uh, my Cash App or my Venmo or Zelle. So if you uh, are wanting to donate, just let us know and I can send you those, whichever payment you prefer, so we can keep this thing going. Absolutely. And thank you for all your hard work on that, Renee. You have taken the almost all, I was going to say the majority of the work, but you've done pretty much all the work on the billboard. Thank you for that. Well, no problem. And I really, really appreciate that. And your work with Ellis County. Hey, everybody, did we already tell our listeners that you are officially on the board at the Ellis County Crime Stoppers? That's big news. Did I just blurt I, it out? Have you I told think, them? Yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> I think we mentioned it a while back that I was going to be joining. But yeah, it, I'm officially with Crime Stoppers. Um, yeah, I really, uh, I really enjoy that. Of course, this has always been a thing for me anyway. I've always enjoyed. I, it, when you say that, it just sounds so weird to say you enjoy true crime. You don't. I don't. I don't enjoy the crime itself but I enjoy the work for it you know like right. um, helping get things taken care of and, and making sure that people know about missing people and you know helping to, you know to keep things in, in, a, in the public's eye like Missy's case of course so yeah that part I enjoy awesome they are lucky to have you that is so cool thank and, you um and then, you know, uh, we are so excited about the billboard. It has been helpful. We do get statistics back from the police and from Crime Stoppers saying that it has increased the tips. So that is a lot to celebrate. Missy's family is extremely appreciative. They tell us all the time how much they appreciate the billboard. And we are just thrilled to help with that. And yeah, um, I thought I would start off by, I thought I'd get us started off by reading a review we got from a wonderful fan. Her name is Garland Lafayette and she gave us five stars and the title of the review is very interesting. And here's what she says. She says, I really enjoy true crime and have had difficulty finding a podcast done by women who did not feel the need to include four letter words in every sentence. My husband oh, wow. and I grew up in Shreveport, Louisiana but have been living in Chapel Hill, North Carolina for 20 years. We're about to move back home and it's great to find an interesting podcast, which is close to home. I look forward to listening regularly. My only suggestion was the audio. There were a few parts that were hard to hear, but overall very well done. Great job. Now that is an older review. I have to confess, we 
started doing this reading reviews thing fairly recently. And now I'm starting to go back and play catch up. That was one of our very first reviews at the beginning. So she was, she was hearing our show back when I was really low and you were like crystal clear. Remember those days? (laughs) Yes, I remember. I don't know why I couldn't be heard, but our first couple episodes were a little hairy. So we apologize if you're going back and listening to those older ones. It, it is not the best, excuse me, the best audio. Okay. Well, without further ado, Renee, did you have anything else or do you want to start the interview? I think we're ready. Awesome. Okay, everybody. We hope you enjoy True Crime Broads sitting down with Christy Stout. Enjoy. All right. So now we have Christy Stout with us. For those of you who are following the case closely, you know that Christy is Brandon Beaver's sister. And we're just so delighted, Christy, that you're here with us this evening. Thank you. Well, thank you guys for having me. Um, Christy, um, so I know that this has been a really long, long six years for you and your family. And we want to personally extend our heartfelt condolences and we know what you guys have been going through it's just been horrible and not having any any answers from police is not making this any better for you guys so do you mind just sort of talking to us about how your family is doing now how is everyone holding up Uh, I think everybody's doing pretty good um I think we've all found our new normal and my nieces, um, Missy's daughters, they're all doing great. They've all three kind of had their own, you know, rough patches through the past several years going through this. Absolutely. And, you know, all at different times. And, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of a, an emotional roller coaster for them. And, um, but I think, you know, honestly, they've, just watching how they've handled it through the past almost six years is is amazing it's mind-blowing because if I think back to me being their age when this happened I don't know if I would have handled it the same way they did they just it just blows my mind how well they've done given the tragedy that they've had to experience yeah that's awesome to hear God bless them. Such a shocking, horrible death. It's horrible enough when a child loses a parent to cancer or something where you have a little bit of warning, but God bless them and what you've all been through. Um, We have been following this case closely, as you know, and we honestly didn't think we were signing up for almost six years of really no tangible progress in the case. Um, How is that working out? I mean, does your family feel encouraged that this will be solved at some point, (laughs) like on a scale of one to 10, what do you think the odds are that this will be solved? Oh Lord, that's hard. You know, I'll give my own opinion. Um, The only way I think honestly that it'll be solved is it's not going to be the police that solves it. Um, I think it will be just word of mouth. Someone saying something to the right person at the right time and you know then that person coming forward but I just don't see you know the police having anything to do with solving this interesting and I don't mean that to sound tacky 
but I just, I just don't. A lot right. of people agree with you. I, I tend to agree with you too. Yeah, it's, it's frustrating. You know, they've, I know they've put a lot of effort into it and, you know, they still, they're still looking at it today. They, they swear it's, it's not a cold case. Um, and there's things, you know, I guess the most frustrating part for us is that we don't have the same relationship. I don't know if you'd call it a relationship, but, um, you know, with the police that we did early on in the case, because you've got different detectives working on it now. And, um, you know, that weren't there early on. And so it's just different. And they are very, very, very tight-lipped. They won't discuss anything. Like, you can ask them anything that, you know, it's far off related, and they just, it's very closed. You may not even get an email back. <laughs> so that's frustrating, because we feel like we've, we've been shut out. Wow. So Yeah, that's not yeah it's not good and you know i in law enforcement i'm assuming you know everybody's going to have their own stance on that you know like well they're detectives they're working an open case so no they're not going to talk to you they're not going to tell you every little thing you want to know and um but you know when kevin johnson was still working for midlothian you know he retired couple of years ago um he was kind of our go-to person and we mm -hmm. always had you know if he couldn't tell us something he'd say I can't tell you right but there was there was a go-to person you know for like hey you know have y'all checked this out have you looked at this person what about this and we always right. got an answer from him interesting we don't have that anymore gosh that's so helpful to I have wonder that. why yeah that's that's got to be hard yeah and you know Hannah here recently maybe about two months ago she reached out because you know she's about to be 21 and she's missy's and brandon's oldest daughter and you know she's she's almost 21 years old and she's you know she's at an age where hey i want to know i want to yeah. know some things i've got questions and my brother only shares so much with her you know for obvious reasons right but he's at an age now where she's like, I've, I've got some questions that I want answered. And um, she emailed them and they were like, I'm sorry, we, we're not gonna be able to tell you anything. You know, they, they talked to my brother and that, that is it. You know, they'll, they'll let him in on little things if they, you know, hear of something. But other than that, it, it's closed, closed lip. Wow. So, wow. It's I never thought it would be that closed with the actual family. I get with the public. That's interesting. Right. Well, you know, I think I feel a little bit the same way on a smaller scale about Kevin Johnson that you guys do the family because he was our portal. I say our, I mean the general public. He yeah. was, he was the only one giving updates. Um, and then when he left those updates stopped, just like what you were saying. Um, right. the communication really stopped. They never, I guess they just never put anyone else in that role um yeah there's there's definitely a big gap and I think the community needs another Kevin Johnson oh my gosh we agree with you so much <laughs> I mean you know he was he was a good 
relatable person, a good PR person, and he was just down to earth and just the way he was approachable. And if he Mm -hmm. couldn't tell you something, he, you know, he had a way of saying, I can't tell you in a way that wasn't quite as harsh as some of them, but, uh, you know, he, in this, this town, you know, needs (laughs) reassurance because, you know, if anything, we, nobody knows exactly what happened. And so, you know, people want to be, they want to feel safe, you Mm -hmm. know, and, you know, being tight lipped, you just, you don't get that feeling. So no, you don't. And it kind of makes you frustrated. And a lot of people will voice their opinion to us and say things like, well, you know, the police aren't saying anything. They must, they must be covering something up. They get that impression because you're not talking, you're not saying anything. So I agree with you. Yeah. Christy, why do you think the police are being quiet? Do you think it's because they're on to some things that they're trying to sort out? Or do you think it's because they're embarrassed because they're lost? Or what do you think is behind their silence? Well, I think um, there's, you know, this has gone on for almost six years. And there is, there's a lot of information out there. <laughs> you know, they know how fast word travels, rumors, and um, there's, they know that there's parts of the case that have been exposed and which I won't get into, but, um, you know, they, they're trying to seal as much evidence, I guess, if you will, um, as possible for the integrity of the case. And they don't have (laughs) a whole lot you know, as far as evidence to go by. So the smallest little things, they want it sealed. They want it sealed tight so that they can hopefully find this person or that when somebody does, you know, slip up and say something, they know for sure that only the person who did this knew that. Right. So they just want to keep everything airtight. Wow. You know, um, not only did y'all have to go through this this horrible crime with your sister-in-law, you also had to deal with people blaming your brother, your father. I mean, we even did an episode on it, uh, on, you know, why we don't think Randy did it. And I, I can't imagine what that was like for y'all. Oh, my God. Um, it was probably the, on top of losing someone you love in a tragic way, which you can't even describe to somebody the just the awfulness and the sadness and the terror just everything on top of that while you're you're mourning and grieving the loss of that then you get slammed with you know all these posts and news stories about you know the father, you know, bloody shirt taken to the cleaners and la di da di da and oh, oh look yes. at the walk. And then, you know, you really dive into some of these Facebook groups, you know, especially early on, and they just drag your family through the mud. So you've got that. That's like, you know, salt on a wound times a thousand. Mm, wow. <laughs> And Absolutely. you finally get to a point where you're just like, you have to turn away from it all and, yeah. and just not, not 
tune into it. Stay off Facebook, stay off social media because you cannot quieten everybody and, you know, make them believe that your family is innocent. Everybody's going to have their own opinion and their own theories. Right. And you just can't, you can't convince everybody that, you know, this was you know done by somebody else so right right and we know that he's been confirmed to be in california several different which ways and we personally don't even see a motive he's your dad you know the kind of person he is we we can tell that that's just not anything he would do even though we don't know him and it's just so frustrating but you know we know that he was verified to be in california several different ways we had some we've had people try to tell us that his cell phone he must have had it flown from California to Midlithia. That's just silly, you know? I mean, (laughs) that's how crazy people's imagination. It really is. They want it to be so They want it to be so bad. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm the one that had to call my dad, you know, and and because he was in California and this happened here, you know, at five something in the morning when I found out, you know, I'm trying to call and call and call and I can't get a hold of him for like two hours. I kept trying to call my dad and my stepmom. Well, they're in California. So it's three something in the morning there. Right, right. And their phones are on mute. They don't keep their ringers on their cell phones. And when I finally got a hold of them, it was like seven o'clock here. And Lord have mercy. So when I think, you know, people saying stuff like, oh yeah, he did it. I'm like, no, he didn't. I mean, the airlines, they flew American. Don't you think they verified with American Airlines that they were on board? Exactly. There's ways to track people for proof. Oh, there's so. cameras everywhere, of course. It's ridiculous. Right. And post, totally post 9-11 flying, I mean, there's no way you could sneak anything anywhere on a plane. Exactly. Right. Not only that, but he seems to me he's too tall. Oh, yeah. Well, my dad... I don't know how tall he is today because he's got ankylosing spondylitis and his, you know, spine curves, but he's closer to the six foot, you know, height. Right. So he, he's yeah, way he too tall. Right. <laughs> Can you tell us more about that? Because we, we've, I think we've mentioned that before, but since you're more familiar with it, will you talk about that? Because that was something that your, your that Brandon said he couldn't even do that when the person opens the split door and they kind of jerk their head back. Tell us about that. Yes. Well, he's had um, ankylosing spondylitis, which is basically an autoimmune disease that affects the spine and the hips. But in his case, it's it's the upper part of the spine and neck since he was a teenager, late teenager. And, you know, over the years, it's caused his spine to curve so much that his neck and his his head and neck are just he can't even turn his head from side to side. He has mm-hmm. to turn his whole body. Wow. So if he were going to look up like that person did in the video when he realized, you know, oh, I only opened half the door, you know, right, right. my dad would have to take his whole body and look up, you know, he's not right. just going to move his head up like, huh, you know, he can't do that. Right. <laughs> so. That makes sense. What about him and Missy? What was their relationship like? My dad and Missy? Uh, uh-huh. I mean, it was, it was fine. You know, he's just, um, he's just 
happy, laid back, you know, and um, I mean, they didn't have any kind of special father and daughter-in-law relationship, but they didn't have anything against each other at all. Yeah, they didn't have a problem, right? Yeah. No. Well, and I think another issue that people, the general public trying to speculate on this, not knowing what they're talking about, is they'll say stuff like, ooh, that's really weird that the father-in-law just happened to be out of town when the murder occurred. And we're always quick to point out that he's always out of town. He doesn't live in Midlothian. No. Um, He doesn't live in Ellis County. So to say it's weird that he was out of town, he's out of town every single day. He has to make right. an effort to go visit you people. You know, his-, his Yeah, we grew up with him out crazy. of town. Yeah. I mean, he does not, he lives in the Austin area. So that's not super close to you where you live. So- that's just well, another thing we try to point out to people. No, it's not weird that he was out of town. He frequently traveled with his wife in the RV, and he also doesn't even live in Midlothian. Right. They're they're full-time retired, and they're RVers. And so they, six months out of the year, you know, at that point in time, they were staying in Oregon. And, um, oh, I forget, ugh, forget the name of the, the little town in Oregon. It's a little coastal town. But um, so for six months out of the year, they would stay in an RV resort up there and work at this RV resort and in the spring and summer. And then in the fall and winter, they would come back down towards Austin and stay in Georgetown, I believe, during the um, in fall and winter, you know, in the colder months. And they would they would do this cycle. And so they had just a few weeks prior to this taken off and they were headed back up there to Oregon and they stopped off in California um, to see my stepmom's son and he lives out there and they were going to stay there for like two weeks or not even that long and uh, on their way up to Oregon and that's when it happened so Mm. they were out of town (laughs) right I'm glad you explained all that. We, I knew that they were RVers, but I didn't really understand exactly how that worked. So that's such good information. I really hope that helps shed some even more light on why your dad doesn't need to be looked at in the court of public opinion anyway. We know he's not an actual suspect with police, which is all that really matters. But of course, you've got those people out there trying to say that the father-in-law did it. You know, they pop up all the time still. So I'm right. really glad that you went over that because... Um, you know, the police, I'm sure, cleared him from the very beginning. I think they just had to go get the warrant for the dry cleaners just to do their due diligence since the dry cleaner employee saw the last name and picked up the phone and called the police. Um, do you know anything yeah. about how that went down? Exactly? Oh, I sure do. Okay. Do you mind telling <laughs> it, us it about it? It happened right at my feet. <laughs> it was so my parents. They were staying with me. Oh, that's right. Of course. And um, my stepmom had an old Chihuahua dog. His name was Kilo. And I want to say he was either 11 or 13 years old, but he was her baby. And I have two dogs. Um, One is a mutt and then one is an English Mastiff. And they've Mm -hmm. been around him many times before, gotten along fine. Well, my mutt dog (laughs) um, was kind of inherited because her previous owners um she fought one of their dogs she always attacked it and tore its back up and all this stuff so they're like look we're either going to put this dog down or you're going to take her I was like okay I'll take her 
So I never saw any of this before. You know, this just all happened out of the blue. So we get home one evening from Brandon's house that week of, this was like three or four days past after Missy passed. And we had, I just gotten home from work. We were, we stopped off at Brandon's and then we were on our way back home and we walk in the door, let the dogs inside. We're in the kitchen, me and my stepmom. My dad is out in the car getting stuff, bringing it inside. And my stepmom's dog who's very territorial and guarding of her um, was standing by her feet. And my big dog, Tank, walked over there close to Vicky and Kilo growled and snapped at Tank. This little chihuahua growled and snapped at my 150 pound English master. Oh my goodness. I said, so I didn't know what was going on because I was on the other side of the island in the kitchen and so I just assumed it was Tank that did something I said Tank and when I did that Yogi my mutt dog comes from the living room full speed runs and grabs Kilo by the neck and just starts tossing him like yanking him around like a rag doll wow I'm screaming freaking out I can't get her to release this dog. And mm. my dad comes flying in there. He somehow gets gets Kilo out of Yogi's mouth. The dog just falls flat on the ground, dead. I mean, she oh. like broke his neck or whatever. Oh, that's horrible. And she had, yeah, it was, it was awful. She, you know, had some puncture wounds that she, you know, from biting into his neck and my stepmom picks up her dog and holds it and we're just all like in shock and she's like do I need to do CPR on them and I was like I just looked and I was like uh no and I grabbed I just happened to have that uh, Mansfield emergency vet um 24-hour vet clinic sticker or magnet on my refrigerator I said go here go here so they literally just walked out the door well she was holding Kilo like a baby. And, you know, I didn't really see any blood on him, but he must have had a puncture wound yeah. on his neck from where her teeth sunk in. And it was probably up against her shirt. So there was yeah. no bloody, bloody mess on a shirt that uh, I ever saw. Yeah. So they took it there. And of course, you know, he's gone and all this. And then a couple of days later, you know, all hell breaks loose. <laughs> And we were actually warned by the police, well, Brandon was, um, what was about to happen, you know, because the media was camped out at the police. They were camped out everywhere. And, you know, they, they were like, I'm just going to warn you, here's what happened. You know, you, your dad brought this shirt in, had some blood on it from the dog fight. And, you know, the owners saw the blood, they saw the name and they contacted us. You know, of course we have to do what we have to do, you know, and we have to take it in and right. test it and all that. He said, but I'm going to tell you that the media is already on this and it's going to get real ugly. So I'm just warning you. So my dad and my brother were like, well, let's just go ahead and get control of this now before it gets out of hand mm -hmm. and we'll go 
station and address all these people that are camping out there waiting for a juicy story. So they went down there and, you know, that's the footage that you see of them explaining what had happened. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, you know, from there, it just, it never got better because that just gave people (laughs) more stuff to chew on in terms of blame or yeah, cooking up this juicy story that my dad, you know, killed her, whatever, and had this shirt. So that was unbelievable. It. <laughs> That's literally the last thing that you guys all needed right then. You're grieving Missy's sudden, just horrific death. And then your poor, especially I'm sure for Vicky, that must have been the worst thing. Oh my God. I love that dog from what I hear. It I mean, was awful. It was and like I feel baby. it was her baby baby and I feel so bad to this day oh. I mean well, I don't she's nicer than than what I could have ever been if that were my dog <laughs> she handled it with a lot more grace than I could have but well wow. yeah it it was an awful experience because I had just gone back to work that day <laughs> and then that happened and I freaked out and I'm in tears and I'm, I'm just all, I'm just crazy again. And I called my boss and I said, I can't come back there tomorrow. I just experienced something horrible and I'm, I don't have my stuff together. I just can't be there. Right. So I took another day off work and. Well, and then on top of all of that horrible stuff, the, then it tips off the media and the public. It's just one thing yeah. after another. Yes. And And people um, are ready to pounce, you know. You know, we were talking about the media being camped out everywhere. Do your does your family find it interesting that the media just sort of went the opposite direction? I don't see this. I mean, just on the anniversary, they'll mention it, but now the media seems totally disinterested. Well, yeah, I mean, it's there's no juicy story for them to report on, you know. I mean, right. You know, not only that, but they don't, they, they try to go to the police department and and get any, you know, information. And again, they're very tight lipped and without the Kevin Johnson there, they're not going to get anywhere. So there's really nothing for them to report on. They just, Mm -hmm. you know, on the anniversary date, they'll say something and and short and sweet and that's it. Mm -hmm. But, but, you know, I'm, I'm just thankful for you guys, um, and other people out there that do podcasts that are not, you know, uh, biased one way or the other, you know, you just kind of give the facts and you, you get the facts from the people that knew Missy and, well, thank and you. I appreciate it. Thank you. It is so important to us to really try to talk to people who know and not to speculate too much. And we're so thrilled that you agreed to come here tonight. Um, is there anything that you would like to talk about that, like maybe about Missy, about, you know, it seems like you and Missy had a fantastic relationship just from what little I know. It seems like she was more than just your sister-in-law. It kind of seems like you guys were friends. Maybe you did things together. We did. Um, you know, when our kids were, young um because we had kids close in age and my brand their middle daughter Allie 
know, when we when we had them and they were babies, you know, we'd we'd go have play dates and all that kind of stuff, go to the zoo and whatever. Uh, And we'd hang out at my mom's house and just, you know, it was, it was awesome. And it was, she was like having a a sister I never had. And, you know, through the years, you know, um, she was someone that, you know, we'd go to concerts and stuff. And, you know, if I had something funny to tell her, you know, I'd call her up and, you know, oh my gosh, you got to tell you this, you know, or whatever. And after she was gone, it it took a while and it still does to this day. If I think if I have a funny experience or embarrassing or something, there's a half a second that I want to call her and tell her. Oh, and yeah. it's just, it's a, just a half second that, you know, your brain's like, oh yeah. Anyway. And, you know, as our kids got older, um, and she got into fitness, the fitness, um, her being a trainer really absorbed a lot of her time. And then plus our kids, you know, getting to be junior high, high school age, you know, they didn't hang around each other. They didn't, you know, they were just different people, boy and girl. And, and, you know, my son, she used to take my son to school when he was younger. And so when he got older, he could ride the bus by himself and, you know, mm-hmm. didn't have to go to daycare and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it, we didn't spend as much time as we used to in the last probably year and a half or two. Um, because, like I said, the fitness thing really absorbed a lot of her time. Mm-hmm. And um, so I regret that. um I regret that I never went to one of her <laughs> boot camps because she kept trying to get me to go. Um, in fact, the last, well, two weeks before she passed, she sent me a message, you know, want to sign me up. And I was like, girl, I cannot get up at no four something in the morning for nothing. Uh-huh. Right. I was like, I just, I don't know how you do it, Missy, but I, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> We're out there with you. <laughs> yeah. I don't see how people do it, but, you know, I, I regret now not going to one of her classes and seeing the work that she did, you know, see her in action. Well, I'd work out with her gym and things like that, but her teaching, I, I, you know, I never got to experience that. Well, yeah. it sounds like you guys had a great relationship and it was still intact. It's just life circumstances that kind of made you not see each other as much. So that's good that you don't have any regrets and that you really had a good relationship. That's, that's, that's means a lot. Yeah. Um, well, so what's next? Do you think, um, do you think that, I mean, I guess this is pure speculation, but do you think that MPD is about to break loose with some great news or do you think that it might just be another year of wondering what's going on? I mean, I've got my own opinions on that, but that's another podcast probably. <laughs> um, I, if you're asking Christy Stout, I'm going to uh-huh. say, no, I don't think they're, they're going to break loose with anything anytime soon. Okay. Um, I just, I don't see that happening. Like I said, I think they're, um, they're probably working on some things, but I'm, you know, whatever it is they're working on they don't have enough because there's not been an arrest so uh, yes do you think I just say that, go ahead sorry no it's my fault 
I was just going to ask you, do you, do you think, or do you know of anything in the beginning that maybe, uh, you know, they were off on or. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know obviously they went down a couple of the wrong roads, but you know. Yeah, I think there's, um, I think there's some things that they didn't do that they should have done. Um, I never know what to say and what not to say on these interviews because you never know how it's going to come back and bite you. Um, oh, yeah. You know, they, there was an incident of a person that came forward after on day two and was tried for like a year and a half to talk to them about a family member of theirs that they swore was the person that did this person didn't have anything to do with missy at all there was no connection um but she this person was told that um you know she said you know you need to look into my my cousin you need to look into him i'm telling you da da da, da. he did this and now he did because of x y and z and um the whatever officer or detective or whoever she spoke to looked at her and said well do you think you can get him to get a confession from him and when I heard that <laughs> I'm thinking that's your job yeah you know that is your job to get a confession not hers so in other words you need to get out from behind your desk and you need to at least go pay this person a visit I, and it may be innocent, just a little quick visit, but that's the least you can do. And they never did that. And six weeks later, this person died. And it's a long story, can't go too much into it, but um, they will never get to do that now. And it's it angers me like nothing else to know that that's all they had to do was just go talk to this guy go pay a visit just ask a few questions that there is you don't have to have a warrant for that <laughs> they're not searching anything right and just you know start sniffing sniff it out but they didn't take this lady serious and i think they did that with a lot of a lot of things because they've got it in their mind that um they you know they believe that she was targeted um, and so they're, they've investigated this in that way. And if you don't think outside the box, then you're never going to solve anything. If you've got such a closed tunnel vision scope of investigation, then you're probably not going to solve a case this bizarre and difficult. So if, I mean, I'm not a obviously in law enforcement I don't have any experience in that but I would think that you need to think outside the box at times and and be more receptive or at least follow up on every single little scrap of you know evidence you know right because like you said that sounds like it was time sensitive and then the person passed away um that could have at least told them if they're onto something or not exactly yeah I mean all you got to do is just go go check Go check it out. Yeah. Leave no stone unturned. Exactly. Interesting. 
probably so, one of those cases where they thought they knew exactly who it was and they didn't need to go check that out you know that's probably what they're thinking was. well that's ex that's exactly what happened because they mm -hmm. they sat there at first and tied up a lot of time looking at my brother right and yeah that's they should zero in on the husband in the beginning but they put all of their efforts into him <laughs> and then other people mm -hmm. and it in this close circle and never really went on beyond that because of their belief that she was targeted and that's right. why i don't think this will be solved by the police and it seems like the public opinion has um zeroed in on someone besides your dad and there's a woman who is married to a trainer and she seems to be getting most of the attention these days because yes. apparently police looked at her. I'll go ahead and say her name, Courtney Tucker. Everyone talks mm -hmm. about it. And um, her husband is a trainer that knew Missy and people really took that and ran with it based on a lot of assumptions. Right. And from what we understand, police um, did their due diligence. They had gotten tips on her and they wrapped that up in aren't really looking at her at all. So it's just hard to know what's really going on in the investigation, but the court of public opinion is out there, you know, running rampant, but yeah, yeah, it's really, it's hard to know what's going on, especially when they're being so tight lipped. Right. Even being tight lipped with you guys. That's crazy. That is crazy. And you think of all people, it wouldn't be all. I know. And I, you know, I watch, I, I like Dateline. I've always watched Dateline for years. And, you know, you see so many of those shows where, you know, there's some family members that get on there and they press hard for answers mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they take it way up, you know, but you have to have that, you know, I personally don't have that kind of time where I can just walk in there and I, I have a eight to five job Monday through Friday. You know, I don't work from home. Right. Um, I'm not able to invest that much time into, you know, doing all that, going up there and because that, that takes time. It takes time and effort. And so I, I don't have it me myself. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, that's what it takes. It takes persistence. It takes aggression <laughs> mm -hmm. and you've got to be hungry and you, you've got to be willing to fight fight for it and put fire under them and it takes like I said a lot of effort and a lot of time and you've got to you know you got to do your homework so if I if I didn't work full-time that's what I'd be doing yeah yeah um you know the surveillance video what why do you think that MPD has only released these little tiny snippets of it they told us there's like 28 minutes of video of the perpetrator. It okay. seems like there might be another, they don't have to release the whole thing, of course, but there might be another minute or two of footage that might make someone go, oh my gosh, I know exactly who that is. You know, right. what do you think about right. them keeping so much of it under wraps? I don't know. Um, they, I remember them saying at one point, it seems like I remember them saying that they put on their, the most obvious, I guess, best shots of this person um, where people could see the best quality of video because, you know, some of the video was kind of jerky, you know, because it's all, it was all motion based. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that's just my guess. And then just kind of remember back to what one of them said. Um, so there could be other parts of the video where, you know, he's way down the hall, you know, and you only get like, you know, the bottom half of them, you know, I don't know. Right. There could be stuff like that, but yeah, they, I think they just tried to get the highlights of where you could see him. Make I always good. say him because I think it's a him. But yeah, to, um, you know, the best parts where you can really make it out. And that's that, good quality. Right. In that very, very first press conference, the morning that Missy passed, they had, um, he's no longer with MPD, my understanding, but Captain Span got up there and he said, that they do have fit footage of the perpetrator after the murder, presumably um, going down a hallway to leave, to leave the building the same way they came in. Do you think that they really had that footage of the perpetrator leaving in such a hurried fashion? Because it seems like seeing the perpetrator walk in a different way, because they're just meandering around casually before the murder. I think that would be useful to see the perpetrator really, really moving quickly down that hallway to get out. It would show a different, I would think a different kind of aspect of their gate. Have you heard anything about that? I haven't heard anything since that announcement. You know, I wish that I could find that video of him saying that because I don't remember any of that. Okay, I'll send that to you because somebody send it to you. (laughs) Yeah, some somebody in the uh, you know, it was a press conference and it was that very first one. It was on April 18th, 2016. And somebody, one of the reporters said, Do you have any footage of the perpetrator after the murder? And he said, Yes. And they're going down the hallway, presumably to leave the way they came in. And I just always thought, show that because I bet they're not just meandering around in that footage. Right. They would would be goal oriented on getting out of there after the murder, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the way it was explained to me, um, because I asked, you know, in the beginning when I had this privilege to ask questions and meet with them, um, I asked a lot of questions and, um, you know, and, and we saw a lot of uh, when we had a family meeting like three months afterwards that summer with her family and ours and at the police station they had a huge marker board in this room that was a drawing um, somebody put together in detail of the church and they drew out every little um, step or area where that person stopped and did something like, you know, he went to this room and, hit, you know, and they put a time stamp on it, basically, like they were in that room for two minutes and 34 seconds, you know, yeah. and then they went over here into the office and then they were, they were in there for X amount of minutes, you know, and then they went to the sanctuary and then they were in there, you know, so you had these time stamps on this drawing. And I remember seeing where they found her and I thought I remember it being at the other end of that hallway where she, or, or where, you know, from where she walked in underneath the foyer or underneath the awning, you yeah. know, she walked straight mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. I was told she looked to her right, right when she walked in those doors and <clears throat> looked to the right, like down the hall, like she saw something. 
And of course, there's no sound on the video there, just going by what she, her movements. Right. He saw uh, something and, and they said what she saw down there was broken glass. And, but she kept going in and she turned a light on to the left in some room. And then she walked a little further, turned the light on to the right in a sanctuary. Then she walked in further, turned a light on to her left in another room. And then she stopped. <clears throat> and then she hesitated like she heard something. And then she kind of acted like she wasn't going to go any further, but she did. And she walked, she kept walking forward down that main hallway very, very, very cautiously, like, you know, very hesitantly. And then <clears throat> she gets down to the end, which, you know, I've heard people say, well, how come it wasn't caught on, the attack wasn't caught on camera? And that's what they kept asking police and blah, blah, blah. And the police told us that, and it makes sense, the the cameras, the way they work, um, they, they're all, they, they start filming when there's a change in pixelation, you know, in the view. So that's when it, when it picks up movement, that's when it starts filming. Okay. Mm -hmm. But the cameras only, um, their view or their reach, I don't know what you'd call it, only reaches so far down. So it may look like it's, you know, looking at that other end of the hall hallway, but it's not going to pick up changes in pixelation at the other end of the hallway. Mm -hmm. So that's why you didn't see her attack on camera was because it wouldn't pick up movement that far. Do, and there, so, do you think that was just sort of a quote unquote lucky break for the perpetrator? Or do you think that they somehow knew they were out of the range of the camera? I think that person got extremely lucky. I do too. Yeah, uh, we say that I often. mean, when you go in that parking lot, and you're, when you pull in that parking lot, I don't know if y'all have ever been there, but your headlights are going to shine on a sign that says you're on camera, basically. Yes, yes. Okay, yeah. so, you know, you're dodging that, that their, their parking lot cameras weren't working, which the church said they, sometimes they worked and sometimes they didn't. Well, guess what? That, that night they didn't, oh, wow. um, you know, and then they get in there and do their thing and it, there wasn't an alarm I guess on this church well they got lucky there <laughs> wow and then they attacked her and that wasn't that wasn't seen and nobody saw them leave you know there's rumors and hearsay about oh I saw a dark SUV or whatever you know but no one's ever been able to confirm that it's all been what someone's heard <laughs> right but um it's like they had everything in their luck go their way to get really, away with this. Yeah, really did. I mean, a normal person would be completely terrified to pull up to that church and try anything with a big sign, like you said, that says you're under surveillance outside and then there's ca visible cameras inside. I mean, this person wasn't all there, obviously. No, they weren't. Um, I've listened to a couple of different, like three different um I guess they're, well, they're very, um, there's my paper. I did some homework. <laughs> they did some, 
they have many years of experience in uh, law enforcement. And one was a cold case detective. I'm just going to put their name out there. Ken Maines, M-A-I-N-S. He's a cold case specialist and an ex-Marine. Um, he kind of gives his analysis. I don't know where he's from. He doesn't, someone asked him to just look at the videos, the SWFA and the church video. He did, and he just gave his own theories um, about that person, you know, and what what he thought, you know, what, what were they doing there? Do you think this person intentionally did this? Blah, blah, blah. What do you think? He gave his spill, and then there's a criminal profiler, Pat Brown. Um, she's had tons of experience in, you know, looking at uh, criminals and, you know, reading them, and she kind of gave her spill about what she thought. And then another guy, uh, Chris McDonough, I don't know if you've heard of them or him. He's a, a retired homicide investigator. Tons of years of experience in all these people, and they've all looked at this, you know, the videos, and they all are saying the same thing, pretty much, that this person is, well, they're strange, for number one, but they, they're kind of, one guy said he's, this could be their first time doing this, because of the, you know, kind of the, I don't know, the way he was pulling into the parking lot, and I mean, why would you pull into a gun store parking lot and and have no idea that you weren't on camera? You know what I'm saying? It's stuff like that. You just answered like, my I next. Would, you just answered my next question. I was going to ask if you think the Ultima is involved in this murder. You know, I thought okay. about that, and I have a hunch, a gut feeling that it it probably is. And if it isn't, then I could tell you that whatever that person was doing, they were up to no good. I mean. That, that had suspicion written all over it, you know, whether or not it had anything to do with Missy's case. Mm -hmm. They just, you don't pull into a parking lot at two in the morning and then turn off your lights. Like, oh my gosh, I don't want anybody to see me. I'm going to be discreet. I'm going to turn off my lights. And then you go around back and you see a car. Oh crap. Oh, better look normal. I'm going to turn mm -hmm. my, my lights on now, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, all that to me was weird. And then, oh, we're going to turn our blinker on before we get out of the parking lot at two in the morning where no one's coming down a one-way road, you know, yeah, that just overcompensating, odd. you know, and that's what one of those, you know, that Chris McDonough was saying in that, in one interview that he, you know, gave on this little spill of this person's behavior. Anyway, it's just interesting to kind of get experience people their their theories on it all right what they think right and it's just such a bizarre situation I think that we're probably every from from the people you just mentioned to me and you and Renee and everybody following it I have this weird feeling that we're all going to be shocked when it's finally solved and it's just not going to make a whole lot more sense than it does now I think it's just going to be a real crazy person or something like that um yeah I mean I think my people hunch. are going to the, all the people that were so obsessed with this wanting to be some juicy, you know, I don't know, juicy dramatic story are going to be like, oh, are you sure? Is that it? Right. So that's uh, what happened? Right. It, was, it really was just a lunatic, right? Right. Yeah. But, wow. I mean, it happens. Mm -hmm. You know, the, 
the um the the night that Missy was murdered the morning I guess it was um you know it had rained and rained and I remember just rained really really hard and when you see this perp walking around in the church they don't look wet at all I mean I understand that you can't see really well but it looks like at some point you would see something shining or maybe the floor with something did the police ever elaborate in any way on why the perp didn't look wet or what their thoughts were on that you know I think somebody asked that question in our meeting, like you would think they would have had footprints. It was raining outside. How did they not track in water? Um, and I, I can't remember if they said, I don't remember. I, I don't remember if they said they, you know, they had to have wiped their feet really good when they came mm -hmm. in there. Or mm -hmm. one of them had the theory that maybe when they were walking down the hallway and you see them touch the wall, mm -hmm. you know, that they could have, you know, could have been slippery or whatever, which I highly doubt. Um, but yeah, no one, no one addressed that. And we didn't ask, you know, because you just, you figured is this person, whoever they were, I mean, they covered their tracks, even though they were wow. goofy. Well, <laughs> they did yeah. something. And if somebody they did something right to get away with this. And if right. somebody's willing to murder someone, you're probably willing to park, you know, incorrectly. They could have pulled up around back where those, tra those trash dumpsters are, just right. the exact opposite of where Missy would come in. And if they went in that door right there, which is our understanding, that's all covered. So maybe they really weren't exposed to the rain that much. They could have pulled up right against that and then gone up those stairs and been in the covered area while they were breaking in. That's kind of my only guess on why they weren't soaking wet. But True. of course, I don't know. Or did they get dressed in the church? Did they? Did none of that was mentioned either. I, I just always, that's always been a big thing. I just never have understood that. Yeah, I they never said anything like whether they because there wasn't surveillance inside because they broke in through the kitchen i think yeah that back door was into the kitchen where they where they broke in and they were first seen peeking out of the the kitchen door into the hallway and this is the part that's not seen on to the public we didn't see this we were just told this they they first kind of peeked their head out and looked both ways before they walk down the hall and I mean again you know if you're you've got some you're on some high narcotics or Xanax or something if you're just gonna break in a church and then get dressed in the kitchen right I, mean, I don't know really strange but then again I mean this person acted like they had all the time in the world yeah snoozing around really were just and it's just hard to understand why they're there it, it had to have been for missy because they didn't really vandalize anything they didn't steal anything it's just so bizarre watching that person looks like they're going for a sunday afternoon stroll in the park you know well i will tell you this while we're on this subject um that ken mains cold case detective guy that i brought up earlier yes. um you know he the first time he ever watched this video was when he gave his opinion about it, his theory. Mm -hmm. He watched it for the first time on YouTube and you saw him, he would stop it and go, okay, now what they're doing here, la, 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 you know. Um, I forgot where I was going with this. But oh, um, um, 
Because I was just saying you don't see them stealing. Yeah. So he said, um, he said, you know, I've, I've heard that nothing was stolen. You know, he could be, you know, it was just vandalized, this and that. He said, you know, one thing that could uh, be true is that this person could have take, maybe been there to take some anger out on the church, you know. Well, like a church member or something like that, or maybe not even a member, maybe even a someone who used to go to church or whatever. Something happened in their life and they just want to go get angry at a church on drugs. <laughs> well, the person that I was telling you about earlier who came forward on day two and then finally reached out to my brother a year and a half into this because the police wouldn't give her the time of day. Um, that's exactly what they said. Their cousin, they're all Church of Christ members and their cousin, um, her cousin came out gay you know, years prior and was in a lot of trouble, got off into drugs and this and that. And he was shunned by the church. And she thinks he was there to take his anger and frustration out on the church. So it was Creekside in particular that shunned no. him? No, um, they were, he didn't go to church there. She said he visited there before and he liked it is what he told his mom. But he was not a, he was not a member there. But they were all, their family background is Church of Christ. You would think they would want to take the anger out on the on the church that they were, you know, the members or the people or whatever that they actually, you know what I mean? Yeah, you'd think that, but we don't know how far away they live from their church. And yeah. then um, if, you're, if you're someone on drugs <laughs> and you're high in the middle of the night, you're not always thinking logically. You're just like, well, let's go do this. <laughs> Did this you know? person have access to police gear, like a family member or or anyone uh, that would have that tactical stuff or the police jacket? The family member was a <clears throat> previous, oh, what do you call those? They're not really cops. They're motor brigade, you know, for funerals and, mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, so whatever that, whatever kind of gear they had but I mean you know I've been we've all kind of heard different pieces that this that attire could have been easily purchased pieced together from anywhere yeah, yeah. true um yeah that's all very interesting Renee did you have any questions no I think she covered all mine yeah I think so Christy did you have anything else you wanted to share with our listeners I don't, not a lot, but it, like I said, oh, no, we want to hear it. it. <laughs> well, it would open up a whole nother can of worms and, and lead to a whole nother podcast. But, um, <laughs> uh, you know, just so much has gone through my head and, you know, our whole family, what we've dealt with. I mean, you just have no idea. And, and it's frustrating and it's hard to keep your mouth quiet on a lot of things. <laughs> There's right. a lot of things I want to blurt out, but I just can't. Um, so with that being said, no, there's really nothing else. We kind, of, we kind of can feel you on that one because we, we try to do the same, but we, people get upset if you try to explain yeah. that so-and-so couldn't have done it or so-and-so couldn't have done it or whatever. They get real upset because you 
don't think like them so we just go okay right mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> you've ruined their imagination party right. <laughs> exactly so yeah. um well maybe we can if you don't mind we'd love to have you on again sometime maybe after some time passes and maybe some things change we'll keep our fingers crossed and our toes crossed that maybe there's some forward movement in this case in the next year um, but we can't thank you enough Absolutely. for coming on. I'm trying to think, I'm afraid I'm going to regret not asking something before we let you go. Renee, let's put our heads together really quick. Are we forgetting anything? Well, the other thing that I was going to mention was, um, we, we hope that, um, everybody has, has been, uh, you know, okay. From what we've heard, everybody's been okay with the, the billboard, uh, being up. Um, oh, I am just forever grateful for that. Um, and I hadn't, I didn't know up until recently that that was you guys who were helping that, or, I mean, I don't know. I don't know all the details. Are you the guys that put that up that, or how, how does that work? I mean, yeah, I'm just, we, I we raised, donation. yeah, we raised them. Oh, you did. Yes, that's right. We raised the money. And then, um, at the very end, we were kind of limping across the finish line. And Renee had struck up a relationship with Crime Stoppers of Ellis County, and they filled in the gap, the, the little bit that we needed to get it up at the end. Oh, well, thank y'all so oh, yeah. much. Oh, and, and, oh, and our listeners were amazing and so generous to give yeah, that. We still, you know, we're still going through it now. We're trying to, we're starting up now for, to get it for February, but yeah, oh, we, right. we hoped everybody was, you know, on board and happy with it. Cause we just thought, you know, keeping something like that, that people see day in and day out, um, that maybe, you know, can jog a memory or something. Cause I mean, we have people that will message us ever so often and say, you know, did y'all know this? Did y'all know this? And, it'll, you know, be stuff we heard, but it'll be their first time, you know, asking. So we're hoping that that will continue and, it help out in some way. Well, and it, it, it does help out because like I said, I watched, you know, I watched plenty of Dateline, you know, and, and there's stories where it might be years later, mm-hmm. you know, where that person didn't live here, you know, at the time this took place. And then, you know, let's say 10 years go by and they're, they're at a party or whatever. And so-and-so, you know, says, you know, Hey, you know, remember that, remember that chick blah 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 well I, right. I'm, I'm the one that took her out you know and if right. they familiarize themselves with you know the billboard and the word of mouth I mean that's how these things get shown to light you know right and so, then with the cards too yes um, being at the jail those um I think those are pretty beneficial too we were very blessed to to be able to get to um for crime stoppers to put those out as well yeah those yeah. are actually <laughs> playing cards that I don't know if some of our listeners are Christy, if you weren't familiar with it, it's really a cool idea. They're playing cards that they give out to the prisoners and they have Missy's case on the other side. So it's a constant reminder. Freaking genius. Because, you know, a lot of times we had Christine Menina, who is a fantastic detective. She was a number one homicide detective in the United States for a while. Wasn't she Renee? Something like that. Like she, Mm -hmm. she only didn't solve one case in her whole career, like 700 cases or so. She only didn't solve one. So we had her on the show and she said that so many times the the tips will come from people in jails, people in prisons. That's awesome. Oh, that, and that's such a freaking awesome idea. I just love that. Right. And thank y'all so much. Oh, yeah. oh, you're welcome. Crime, Crime Stoppers has really been amazing and a huge help. They, really have. they got those out. Well, God bless Crime Stoppers. 
Yes. yes, they're they're actually working on um, right now. They're working on uh, some to do like a lot of different cases because that that whole deck was was sent out with you know Missy's case on every single card. So now they're going to work on doing like a lot of the missing, uh, not missing, but unsolved cases throughout the county and put a lot of them on you know the cards. So there'll be more than just one. Oh, that'll so, be yeah. Does All this right. go to Ellis County jails or where where all of those cards? Yeah, okay. right now I believe Midlothian and maybe Ellis County is where they're at now, but um, I think they'll go out to different, the, all the different uh, cities throughout the, you know, the county of Ellis, so. Okay, Dallas yeah. County would be good. Yeah, yes. Dallas County would be good. Absolutely. All right, well, Chrissy, well, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a very enlightening episode. I know our listeners are going to absolutely love hearing from you, and um, we just can't thank you enough, and we will look forward to staying in touch with you in the future yeah thank all you right. and we pray for your family all the time and we pray for this case to get solved and let us know if there's anything we can ever do to help all right thank y'all so much for everything i appreciate thank it thank you so much for your okay. time this evening Talk absolutely thank okay. you okay bye-bye bye-bye so we are still so we are super excited to tell y'all about She's Birdie. It's a personal safety alarm made for women by women. Yeah, they're colorful alarms. They have a 130 decibels alarm and a flashing strobe light that's designed to deter any attack. And these would make a great gift for everyone, whoever that important woman is in your life. I would highly recommend getting one of these. And you can also use our discount code. Oh, absolutely. The best news is, is we're going to help y'all get a discount. Well, there's five colors to choose from and She's Birdies will give you 15% off. Uh, they're partnering with organizations that support women's safety. So they're letting us offer our listeners 15% off. All you have to do is you enter True Crime Broads 15. So it's True Crime Broads spelled out one five at checkout and you'll get the discount yep just go to www.she'sbirdie.com when checking out
she could tap me. Why could you fast? You at a gas. Skirt off the block. 12 on the clock. I paint cash. You do the math. I bust the bag. You took a tab. My country fast. You had a guess. True Crime Broads with Crystal and Renee. True Crime Broads with Crystal and Renee.